It's your daily dose with Bob and Nick. I'm Bob. As many of you know, improv is a part of my DNA. It finds its way into a lot of my conversations because from my perspective, improv is life, and I love to talk about life. Thankfully, my podcast partner is a fan of both. Today's fun episode is a conversation that runs the gamut from playing with inexperienced improvisers to street fighting to DNA testing hairballs. You'll have to listen in if you want to know how we make the transition from one to the other. Check it out. We have a thing called booth torture at SAC, <laughs> where the person in the booth is torturing the players on stage by putting random sound effects. Oh, yeah. But they did something similar to that uh, when David Charles did Shakespeare, uh, did um, The Lost Works of Shakespeare. He had an actual Foley artist over there. Instead of uh, someone in the booth, he had someone making sound effects into oh, microphones awesome. over the side, which was like, yeah. Well, that's the brilliance of David Charles, who I miss, because uh, he is literally the smartest person in improv that I've ever met. And he's one of the best improvisers I've ever seen as well. But there are two different things. You know, the smartest improviser. This is a guy who who wrote uh, um, a thesis on improv that I couldn't get through the first two pages. It was so technical and smart. But I know that he actually can apply this knowledge as well because I've seen him on stage do miracles. You know, with his... He's a great listener. He's an incredible musician. He's... Um, he can make any scene work, which is a really great thing to be able to say about him. Is he not around anymore? Oh, he is. It's just I've not intersected with him on the mm. stage in a while. I'm getting on stage at SAC next week, which is going to be good. Uh, it's been a while. And I'm also starting up my level one class on the 17th. I saw that. Do you still need some students for it? Uh, I think we had like uh, six spots open. And I'm not sure that that's for two classes on Monday night versus my class. Usually my class oh, yeah. sells out relatively quick, but I didn't put it out there early on because I wasn't sure they were going to have a spot for me because I've had to step away. I've been traveling and doing stuff and had my beautiful vacation in September, which kind of kept me from from teaching a semester because I am not going to teach a semester and then have somebody else host the, the showcase with my students in it. I, I create that promise and I'm going to be the person that's the safety net for those folks when they get up there. So so that so I'm like, if I can't do the showcase, I can't do this that semester. Uh, and so that's what I did. But now I'm back and they said, yeah, come on back. So nice. and this is good. I, not like I really left. I just had a month where I wasn't there. I think people can months. come in and out of that pretty easily, especially if you know. I mean, part of it is knowing the organization. Part of it is knowing the people around you. But yeah. you can also jump in with pretty much any improv performers. Oh, yeah. Maybe not any improv performers, oh, but I people who say, know what they're doing. I would say, and I would know, I would say any improv performers. One of the things that I'm not, I am not the best improviser at SAC by a long shot. I'm a great improviser. I mean, I do a good job. I'm solid. I'm fun. I'm funny. And I know the rules of this, of this uh, art form. Uh, but... I can play with anybody. Mm -hmm. You can give me a person off the street who's never done improv and I can improvise with them. Uh, because, And I like that. And here's the thing. I've seen people who are like, uh, I've seen street fighters beat professional fighters in the ring because the professional fighter is relying on the rules as a part of their success strategy. Some improvisers are that way too. They're like, if you can't follow the rules the way I follow the rules, I can't improvise with you. I'm, I find it a great challenge, frustrating sometimes, but a great challenge when you're not a great improviser to figure out how to make you look like one, you know? And so that's my goal. I'm not always successful, yeah. but I always have fun in the pursuit of that. And so that's my improv. And that's part of how and why I do it. So there, now you know. I'm not in it to win it. I'm in it to enjoy it. To twin it. To twin it. <laughs> to make somebody else be exactly like you. 
to be exactly like me. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. That's what I'm all about. That's why I shed so much hair. I'm hoping somebody else will take it. <laughs> Clone you? Glue it on themselves. Yeah. Oh, that would be better. I can only imagine what your shower drain looks like because it must be really, it must be like like a haystack. A little, a little. No, a little, because by the time I get to the shower, a lot of hair has already fallen off. <laughs> so it's all over the house. Flow and that's go. what I appreciate about cats is that I can, you know, kind of blame them. Instead of me, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I could tell the difference between a cat hair and your hair. Maybe if you really like wanted to delve into that, but if there's just a hairball like uh, uh, what do you call them that kind of rolls through the tumbleweed, tumbleweed, <laughs> a hairball tumbleweed. Yeah, you're yeah. not gonna look at it. You're not gonna dissect it. It's not a dust bunny. At, it's a dust rhino. Yeah, yeah. look at uh, you know what percentage is Nick's versus this cat versus that cat. I bet what we find is there's a, a lot of Nick there. Patty's got really long, flowy hair, right? And uh, and every once in a while, I'll <laughs> I'll swallow one, or I'll get one in my mouth. And it's uh, the other day, I somehow had uh, one of Patty's hairs on my face. And put a piece of fruit into my mouth, which caught a hold of the edge of the hair. And that's when I discovered the hair was on my mouth. And when I went to grab the hair, I swallowed at the same time. And it literally pulled the hair all the way down my throat. <laughs> I didn't feel it, but I knew it. And it really affected how I enjoyed that piece of fruit. Oh, that's it for that fruit for I'm you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how is that going to show itself later? Yep. And I've now swallowed an entire hair into my intestines. So I'll let you know how it comes out. Uh, please do not. <laughs> Hey, it's Nick. Thanks for listening. I count myself very lucky that I get to take these deep dives into the improvisational world with Bob. It's like an advanced class on not only comedy, but rolling with whatever happens in life. Consider taking a class or two at SAC Comedy Lab with Bob or any of the amazing instructors, because trust me, it's invaluable, which means it has no value. It, it is so valuable that it doesn't have a value anymore, except what it costs to take the... I'm going to stop.